0: chapter 23 of neighbours by florence morse kingsley this librivox recording is in the public domain miss bennet's apprehensions were well founded the church was already filled to overflowing when they arrived but mr henry pratt in the role of a zealous usher thought there might be a few choice seats in the choir he'd been instructed he told miss malvina with a secular chuckle to fill such vacancies with sinners on the stroke of eight oh, go along with you Henry pratt chided miss malvina indignantly ain't you ashamed to talk that way to mar bennett and me if we're sinners i'd like to know what in creation you be there was a loud chorus in progress goaded to quickened repetition by the energetic young man occupying a conspicuous soapbox between choir and congregation. That's the evangelist regular singer, Jim Baldwin," Miss Malvina explained to Madeleine as the three ladies followed Mr. Pratt's brisk lead to the platform. They say he used to be a streetcar conductor. I guess you could hear him holler from here to Boston. <laughs> He's just grand for a revival madeleine was still very much in the dark as to the nature and purpose of a revival when she took her seat next to a pink-cheeked girl who was singing loudly out of a paper-covered song-book the erstwhile street conductor's stentorian tones penetrated the tide of song come wake up there can't you put some pep into your singing now then open up everybody and let her fly to the glory of god better pretend to sing even if you can't whispered the pink-cheeked girl baldy won't stand for it to see folks sittin in the front row with their mouths shut but madeleine timidly shook her head she was wishing she had not come to the revival with miss malvina and mar bennett who looking unnaturally pale and solemn in their black clothing were seated on the opposite side of the platform but she was temporarily relieved from apprehension when the young man got down from his soapbox and the evangelist rose to speak. For a while Madeleine strove to understand what the man was saying in his monotonously loud, hoarse voice. She thought he must be very angry with everyone present, for he shook his fists, banged the books on the desk, and when in a climax of fiery denunciation he climbed nimbly to the very top of the pulpit, she involuntarily clutched at the pink-cheeked girl what is the matter with that man she asked me i think i am alarmed sh warned the other girl conscious of the watchful regard of mr baldwin madeline's startled eyes were gradually finding friends in the congregation in a pew near the front sat their proprietaire mrs pettibone she did not appear alarmed the girl perceived though her face wore the tense strained expression which seemed to have communicated itself from the speaker to his audience madeleine had vaguely understood from miss malvina's previous explanations that the revival was a special sort of religion it was difficult she thought to understand religion and more particularly the religion of america in france it appeared to associate itself with shadowy peaceful old churches with sunshine mellowed by immemorial stained glass streaming in across kneeling worshippers and with the snowy veils and wreaths of one's first communion. In the world it meant doing small deeds of kindness and keeping the heart pure from guile. Madeline's wondering gaze roved from one troubled, intent face to another till at last it rested with pleased surprise upon Harry Schwartz sitting next to the rail on the opposite side of the platform. A faint blush stole into the girl's cheeks as she passed in swift review their meeting of yesterday. I think of nothing but you all day long, Harry had said as he held her hand at parting. And Madeleine somehow understood the English words perfectly. She wondered if Harry was thinking of her now as he sat motionless, his head supported upon his hand which partly concealed his face she had seen harry almost every day of late always by chance of course and sometimes for the briefest of moments it was most desirable indeed necessary for one's health to take the air in the cool of the morning or better yet in the cool of the evening and it was singular How often one chanced to meet one's friends bent on similar errands of refreshment. That queer Mr. Hobbs, too, who spoke French whenever she would permit, Mr. Hobbs had come quite boldly to call upon her father soon after their small adventure, and had been received by Monsieur Dessay with marked favor. On such occasions, Madeleine sat unobtrusively silent, listening to the conversation, which as a matter of course concerned itself with the war m desaye and young hobbs had quickly found a common ground in their keen regret at being personally absent from the great conflict then both men had glanced guardedly at madeleine as if in her quiet presence each found a satisfying reason for his conduct madeleine still found the young englishman but only once had she compared him, in the privacy of her thoughts, with Harry. There were no further French lessons now that Harry was working in the munitions plant, and it was just at this point of their common labour that she had been led to think of the two young men at one and the same moment. Mr. Hobbs was working at the manufacture of shrapnel because he wanted to kill Germans, but Harry was working for her. He had told her so both in French and in English. His French was of a frightfulness to be sure, but his English left large loopholes for the imagination. ''I'm going to build a bang-up house on my lot,'' he informed Madeleine. ''And don't you forget it, little girl, you're going to live in that house some day. That's why I change my job. I'm out for the Simoleons for fair.'' Simoleons was a long and difficult word for money, Madeleine learned. The very much soiled American money was likewise called cash, bucks, rocks, as well as dollars. It was all very puzzling. Yet her thoughts lingered about the novel idea of Harry actually building a house. She had shaken her head over his odd notion that she should ever live in that house. But you will sometime, he urged. Please say yes. Yes. I not like that word yes she objected an elusive sparkle in her eyes never do i speak yes it is not a nice word say we oui, then boldly urged harry we oui, us and company is a dandy idea was harry thinking about his house she wondered as he sat his head on his hand apparently oblivious to the thunders of oratory from the pulpit. But no, it could not be, with that expression of keen anxiety, almost of pain. Why was he so still, as if frozen into rigid immobility? Her girlish curiosity was rapidly merging into anxiety, when suddenly, as if all at once aware of the soft fire of her gaze, the young man looked up, their eyes met an innocent smile dimpled at the corners of madeleine's lips for a thrilling instant he watched her his troubled eyes full of the question which had been tormenting him under the spell of the evangelist's preaching he had been considering his monstrous fraud in assuming the name Lenoir. he had known all along that it was questionable that he should have explained himself and his paternity to madeleine's father and now he was using it to gain money for her all for her but was it honest money mr pilgrim had chosen the subject of honesty with god and man as the topic of his sermon that night with unsparing hand he had stripped off the multicoloured rags of hypocrisy and deceit with which sinning humanity strives to cover its nakedness a wayfaring man though a fool could furnish no valid excuse for not understanding the purport of mr pilgrim's discourse the entire congregation with the exception of madeleine whose engrossing thoughts in fluent french shut out all save the sound of the preacher's voice realized themselves glissading down a slippery incline leading to fiery death and thus it was that harry his stupefied conscience once more awake and loudly seconding the sermon beheld only one way of escape he must presently stumble to his feet and before all the staring eyes of the village must somehow compass the distance between his shaky camp-chair and the open space before the pulpit reserved for those under conviction he must confess his sins particularly those of omission to some one any one there was no other way by which to save his soul from that eternity of poignant misery which yawned beneath his very feet the reproaches humiliation and obloquy which would assuredly follow upon the heels of his confession seemed of little moment to harry compared with the blessed relief of once more facing his future with unabashed eyes he must he would be saved at any sacrifice of pride or passion in token of this momentous decision harry once more raised his head and straightened his bowed shoulders his eyes were searching the crowded room for his mother's face she would be horrified he knew at the revelation of his crime his deceit appeared no less than a crime to harry in his excitement but she would be happy when Then all at once, his heart leapt to his throat. Some potent force had drawn his questing gaze to the chair's opposite, to Madeline's face, with its soft rose and the melting fire of dark eyes. Madeline smiled. After all, what was there to confess? He'd committed no sin worthy of an unthinkable Hades. Had Madeline not given him his name? like a knight of old he would wear his lady's favour in the battle of modern existence it was a glorious thought the loud singing waxed and waned obeying the imperious baton of the young man on the soap box harry's lusty young baritone swelled the chorus he felt joyously light and free as he watched the reluctant progress of persons from all parts of the house toward that small cleared space before the pulpit the evangelist was stooping forward to grasp the hand's outreached to his his lean face flushed with the triumph of hard-won victory that's right that's right he was saying over and over when the slow procession of repentant sinners appeared to linger unduly he again leapt to his feet by turns pleading cajoling threatening The personal workers, under the whip and spur of his stinging rebukes, redoubled their efforts. Harry watched impersonally the majestic approach of Mrs. Deaconess Buckthorn as she mounted the wooden steps of the platform. Then he glanced once more at Madeline, who stood gazing at the confused scene with the wide-eyed amazement of a child. He saw the pink-cheeked girl stoop to whisper in her ear, saw Madeline's puzzled smile, and a sort of fierce indignation surged up within him it was as if some ignorant blunderer had ruthlessly broken the innocent sleep of childhood darling he muttered to himself she doesn't understand a word of this farce why should she then he became aware that mrs buckthorn had come to a standstill at his side her eyes between opposing folds of flesh were fixed tearfully upon him dear young friend she said i've been a watching you all through that blessed sermon and thinks i harry schwartz is a sinner under conviction if ever i see one praise the lord let me take you by the hand and lead you to the ark of safety harry shook off the moist fat hand which sought to enfold his own Oh, uh, i guess you're mistaken he muttered i'm all right Oh, my dear boy don't put it off entreated mrs buckthorn if there's anything holding you back any darling sin that's got a hold of you do repent before it's too late but harry pushed rather rudely past the lady he wanted more than anything else to take madeleine away from jim baldwin who appeared to be urging her forward almost by force the girl glanced up at harry with a sigh of relief as he gained her side oh, i like best to depart from this so strange place she murmured plaintively me i am not a devote no to be a religious i will not i find miss marvina and go home quick to my father great heavens man can't you see she doesn't know enough english to understand what you're saying demanded harry roughly leave her alone will you mr baldwin stared angrily at the intruder you'd better hit the trail yourself young man was his trenchant advice before the trail hits you see harry's sole reply consisted in a well-conducted retreat never you mind miss malvina he said to madeline i'll take you home all right End of chapter 23